Reddit, what's the most messed up food your parents would make regularly when you were a kid? Get ready for a lot of cursed things in this post. My mom would mix cooked mac and cheese with applesauce in a bowl and give it to us. My mom was from the quote, boil the ever-loving crap out of everything school of cooking. Carrots boiled to sad orangish lumps. Broccoli steamed beyond any recognition. Corn may have started fresh, but by the time she was done with it, it resembled cream corn but lacking any possible flavor or texture. Barbecue chicken? Boil that son of a gun completely before you blacken it on the grill, lest you and everyone you love die horrifically from salmonella. The things she would do to a steak are crimes against humanity. Combine all this with an 80s desire to avoid salt at all costs and my dad's pathological fear of bad breath resulting in a blanket household ban on onions and garlic. And mealtime was a grayish, disappointing place. I now take cooking very seriously. When they were younger, my grandma and her siblings were forced to eat cream of mushroom soup sandwiches. Her dad would slice the soup like cranberry sauce and spread it across the bread. The thing is, listener, this is an example of two great things that don't go together. Cream of mushroom soup? My mom uses it to make tater tot casserole. It's very good. Adds a lot of richness, savoriness, and creaminess. Sandwiches? Can't go wrong with them. They're one of my favorite things to make. But a cream of mushroom soup sandwich? Are, are y'all out here drinking your sandwiches? My mom liked to make spaghetti. That's not weird, I hear you say. Let me mention that she made it with raisins. I, I already don't like this post, but we're going to keep going. Like, get a pot of water boiling, throw in the noodles, and some raisins at the same time. No spaghetti sauce afterward, just cooked spaghetti and rehydrated raisins on a plate. She was very proud of this dish, and she didn't understand why we hated mom's day to cook. Edit. Guys, I know a raisin is a dehydrated grape, but rehydrating it doesn't just turn it back into a grape. It turns it into some disgusting raisin juice bomb, which is even worse when warm. I'm really trying hard to understand the thought process that leads to a person deciding to cook spaghetti with raisins, but I'm drawing a blank. So, bear with me on this, but I have an explanation. Not a justification, but an explanation. On the island of Sicily, one of the regions of Italy, some meat dishes actually include raisins or golden raisins. For example, brajol. That's B-R-A-C-I-O-L-E. It's a meat dish that's a roulade, which is a rolled and stuffed meat that contains stuff like cheese, herbs, and breadcrumbs. I've never had raisins with meat before, but if Italy is doing it, home of the best pizza and pasta in all of the world, I have no reason to judge them. Quote, asparagus salad, which consisted of five to six limp, cold pieces of canned asparagus served on a bed of iceberg lettuce with a glob of mayo on top. Yeah, there's no bearing with me on this one. This is just white people food. We were beyond poor, so many of my mother's creations were simply a matter of making do with what we had. That didn't make them any more palatable, though. The two most memorable. Canned peas cooked in powdered milk and served over toast. She called it, quote, pea wiggle. We had it at least once a month. Canned spaghetti sauce and a slice of surplus cheese placed on a slice of bread and toasted in the oven. This was, quote, poor man's pizza. I actually loved this as a kid. Tried it again a few years ago and was less impressed. Not everything could be credited to a lack of money. She used to slice up kielbasa and steam it. The result was very much like styrofoam chips. 
This is a great time to mention the YouTube channel The Wolf Pit, the W-O-L-F-E pit, all one word. It focuses on cooking on a really tight budget, so I highly recommend it if you're looking to eat cheap without having asparagus salad. My dad got into a phase of watching Emeril Lagasse, and it inspired him to try and be fancy. I'll never forget. He made these hamburger patties and put chunks of bread mixed in with the raw meat, but the bread just absorbed all the blood. They looked like huge, mushy, bloody warts hanging off the meat. It was absolutely repulsive looking. Okay, after reading that nightmare sentence, let me tell you why you should put bread in your meatballs. If you take some day-old bread, tear it up into chunks, and soak them in milk or preferably heavy cream, maybe throw in some seasonings into it, that's called a panade. When mixed into your meatballs, it actually helps retain moisture and prevents dry, sad meatballs. But don't just stick plain white bread into your burgers, that's just not going to work out well for anybody. My mom used to make a Vietnamese noodle dish called bun zhu, but didn't always have time to make it from scratch, so she often used a canned broth. I am allergic to peanuts, and every time she made this dish, I would complain to her that I didn't want to eat anymore because my lips were swelling up and I was itchy. She is having none of that sass, obviously, and makes me eat the whole bowl. Few years down the line, she decides to read the ingredients label on the back and just says, eh, you should probably stop eating that. As was the custom in the 1950s to the 1980s, when my parents were coming of age, my parents only ate vegetables boiled and unseasoned. So, boiled carrots, boiled Brussels sprouts, etc. No salt, no pepper, no olive oil or butter. This led me to believe that vegetables are supposed to taste bad. Later in life, I discovered seared, roasted, caramelized, and seasoned vegetables, and those things are the bomb. Every day, I'm caramelizing or roasting a veggie. Mom would make frozen whitefish, baked in an oven until it was overcooked and just dehydrated, shrunken fillets of white fish. Then, she'd serve it with boiled cauliflower and white rice. White entree, white starch, white vegetable, all served on a white plate. What did we drink? Yeah, milk. White milk. My mom made, and still makes, a dish called cat heads. It's basically chicken with cream of celery, some vegetables, and a bit of stew inside two rolled up crescent rolls. It looks exactly like a shaved, cooked cat's head, so she called it that and we have it every Christmas. This comment actually says, so basically mini chicken pot pies but shaped like cat heads? I would eat that, and I gotta say, I agree with that. I freaking demolish chicken pot pie every time I have it. They would wrap bologna around a banana, and that was my snack. I, I don't know where the idea came from. I, I freaking hated it. I just don't know, guys. I grew up to become allergic to bananas. My grandma made leftovers casserole while my mom was growing up. You take a bunch of cooked noodles, whatever leftovers seem appropriate, add a can of cream of something soup, throw a topping on it, and bake it till it's food. My mother hated it. She called it one-pot glop. Grandma made it at least once every time we visited, and I loved it. Once when I saw her cooking it, I cheered, Yay! One-pot glop! The look of betrayal on Grandma's face was very confusing. I made one pot glop for breakfast this morning. Overcooked steak. Like, leather tier overcooked. Grew up on a dairy farm, so beef was plentiful. 
But if we didn't choke down the shoe leather dinner, my mother would have a violent meltdown about how we were all ungrateful little jerks. My mom, God bless her, was not a very talented cook. She tried, but she just wasn't interested and didn't have the knack. At least I got a home-cooked meal most nights, so I can't complain. Mom used to buy these awful Polish sausages. She would take a few and throw them in a pot of water with a head of cabbage. Let everything boil for a while, and that was dinner. Mom called it, quote, bratwurst. I lived in fear of quote-unquote bratwurst my whole life until I was in college. There was a German festival and all of my friends were like, oh boy, let's go get some brats. I thought they were crazy. Then someone handed me a real brat on a bun with spicy mustard and sauerkraut, and I realized that I had been all wrong about the true nature of bratwurst. That was probably the best thing I learned in college. A dry ketchup sandwich. It was old stale bread that was broken in half for the two pieces of bread for a sandwich with ketchup in between them. No meat, no cheese, just ketchup. If we were lucky, the bread wasn't too stale and the taste kind of resembled french fries. This one just makes me sad. Like, not even in a pity way or a, oh, I can't believe that she would do that, she's so disgusting. This just sounds like a depression meal or a meal you would make if you were, like, in the negatives in your bank account. My mom loved making pork chops, but she cooked the heck out of them, so it was like eating rubber. We ended up calling the dinner Shake and Incinerate. My grandfather used to buy tubs of fish eyes, and he would put them in all kinds of things. My scrambled eggs used to stare up at me. Not something they made regularly, made once, reheated leftovers for ages, but we ate it a lot for a while. My mom made what we came to call, quote, pepper soup. It initially was an accident. She was making a small batch of soup for dinner, and while shaking some black pepper in, the lid fell off and the entire container of pepper emptied itself into the soup. She scooped out what she could, but in the end, it was still way too peppery to eat. Ended up enlarging the batch of soup into two large canning pots, each about five gallons, before it was at a tolerable level. Us kids still found it way too peppery. Anyways, we ate that soup what seemed like every day for a couple months. We grew up dirt poor and relied heavily on the area's soup kitchens and food pantries. There were five of us kids with a stay-at-home mom, and my dad was unemployed for a few years, so we rarely could afford basic things like fruit. To keep us healthy, my dad would regularly fill an empty skim milk jug with water and add powdered milk plus powdered vitamin tablets, the type with the capsule, and shake it up, then put it in the fridge. We never really knew whether we were drinking actual milk or the vile false milk until we tasted it, since skim milk has the same appearance. To this day, my dad maintains that doing what he did kept us all healthy as none of us got sick during his unemployment. I mean, jeez, you gotta do what you gotta do. Props to that, dad. My stepdad and mom used to make, quote, grilled cheese for lunch every weekend. Now, that's not so bad, right? Wrong. Bread with the knockoff craft processed cheese microwaved for two to five minutes. No butter, no toast. Just soggy bread and burnt plastic cheese, if only in for two minutes. If it was cooked for five minutes, the bread would be rock hard and molten plastic. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. 
And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. My parents have become great cooks now, but when my sister and I were kids, she was a total brat and a picky eater, so we'd wind up with plain, unseasoned chicken breasts and steamed broccoli and plain white rice way too often. And I wasn't allowed to put salt on it because salt was bad for me, and I guess it didn't occur to them to provide any condiment or something to give that crap some flavor. Okay, this isn't the first time I've heard of people's parents thinking salt is toxic, but one of my cousins is about the same age as my mom, and she is a salt fiend. We were at a Mexican restaurant one time, and she was shaking salt onto every single nacho she ate. She couldn't get enough. She wanted to be one with the salt. I swear if she ingested any more salt, she would have become a CSGO player mixed with a League of Legends streamer. I genuinely worry about the life expectancy of this woman. My mother makes this thing me and my brother can only refer to as compost salad. It starts on a skillet where she scrambles some eggs. Then, she adds three cups of kale and steams it, oftentimes burning the eggs in the process and releasing a vaguely fart-like scent into the atmosphere. Then, things get weird. She adds an entire can of kidney beans, bean water and all, mashing them into the eggy kale. She then adds cinnamon, nutmeg, curry powder, garlic powder, and salsa and Tabasco sauce. At this point, the smell is so nauseating it's nearly impossible to be in the same room as this abomination of a dish. After it's done being heated into mush, she puts it on a plate and adds vanilla yogurt on top. 
looks like it was fished straight out of the trash. Needless to say, I refuse to let her make me food. And by the way, I really have no idea what's wrong with her, but something is definitely up if she thinks that this is an acceptable meal. Let me preface this by saying that my mother is in no way Hispanic. She is one of the whitest people I know. She grew up mainly in Central Florida and the Upper Midwest, rarely if at all coming into contact with Latin American culture except at the occasional restaurant. Despite this, she would routinely make, quote, arroz con pollo for dinner. This consisted of chicken, cooked until it was tough and chewy to ensure it was, quote, cooked through, and rolled in flavorless breadcrumbs from a can, served with a side of mealy, aggressively under-seasoned rice. Did I mention that there was almost no salt in any of this because salt was, quote, unhealthy? It was so unpleasant that I threw it right back up a few times, once even at the table. Somehow, she still wonders why I barely eat anything when I'm home for Thanksgiving. It amazes me how many of these posts mention a lack of salt. Your body needs salt. We specifically used iodized salt because a lack of iodine is one of the leading causes of preventable developmental problems in children. Pork and cider sauce. The cider in question was cheap as dirt white lightning. The only time we actually bought it, I like to point out, and me and my sister hated it. We don't want this. Can we have something else? You ate it last time, so you must like it, so be quiet and eat it. We really don't like it. Tough. You'll eat what you're given or go hungry. My mom was awesome as we were growing up, and in all fairness, we did eat most of the things that we were given anyway, as she was a fantastic cook. But this was an abomination, beaten only by liver and onions. She stopped making it when I went to school hungry, I'd gotten up too late to eat breakfast, and the school phoned her up to express their concern and make sure there was nothing happening at home. As an American reading this, it grossed me out thinking of cooking pork and white lightning. In America, that is usually home-distilled alcohol or moonshine. However, in the South, pork barbecue usually has a vinegar, cider-based sauce on it, and it's super tasty, so I could see where your mom was going with this. Yeah, but the only thing that was missing was the rest of the sauce. My grandma is an awful cook. She hates doing it, and you can definitely tell by the stuff she comes up with. Here's a few examples. Instant mashed potatoes with mayonnaise. Gag. Quote, peach cobbler, which was flour, peaches, and syrup. Fried chicken cooked long enough to burn it completely. Salt was the only seasoning she ever used. Spaghetti. No flavor. Just ground beef, never drained by the way. Generic pasta sauce and noodles. She got mad when I started using barbecue sauce to mask the nasty crap she made. Man... I put it in mashed potatoes, macaroni, rice, and meat. My mom was slash is seriously the worst cook. The only time I ever ate anything good was when we had weekends with my dad and he took us to restaurants and let us order whatever we wanted. For a kid, I could eat a heck of a lot of lobster. My mom made these disgusting casseroles with fried spam, Velveeta mac, and canned peas. Then, it was topped off with those craft single slices and crushed up barbecue potato chips. She thought that was the ultimate in cooking. I still feel sick when I think about it. Sometimes for dinner, we would have chipped beef on toast, which is a disgusting, salty, Great Depression kind of food. And if it wasn't chipped beef, it was some kind of soup-slash-tuna mixture over toast. If it came in a can, we probably ate it. This is probably why I taught myself how to cook. 
I went back home to visit last year and I cooked dinner every night because I saw my mom pulling out the Spam and Velveeta and there was no way I was going to let that happen. My dad didn't want me to leave after the fourth salted caramel apple pie I made. Not my parents, but growing up, I loved my grandmother's cooking. In retrospect, some of it was kind of weird. Her parents emigrated from Japan to Hawaii shortly after the turn of the century, and she'd have been about seven when the Great Depression started. Combine that with World War II and frequent shipping issues, and she wound up with a lot of unusual culinary habits. Little Japanese lady, maybe four foot nine and 80 pounds on a good day, making spaghetti and adding corn. Her meatloaf had canned clams in it. I really love that one. Vienna sausages and spam stewed in a sweet soy sauce broth, raw broccoli and sliced kamaboko fish cake, fish cake sandwiches with lettuce, cucumber, and mayo, also pretty good actually, cubes of raw tofu tossed with canned tuna, soy sauce, onions, and some other things. Growing up in Hawaii, I didn't think anything of it. If seaweed and raw fish are part of the regular menu, none of that stuff's any weirder. Anyway, she made all of that stuff for her family, plus more traditional items like maki sushi, mochiko chicken, and other delicious things. For herself though, she'd maybe have a few cubes of tofu, a bowl of miso soup, and some rice. She loved dessert and sweets, but even then, she'd take a piece of chocolate and cut it into fourths. I last saw her in 2010, when she must have been about 88. She had her good days and her bad days, but she didn't cook anymore. She passed away in 2014. I miss her. I'm gonna get gushy for a bit. I think this is one of the greatest things about cooking and food in general. Taste is one of the most powerful senses we have because it's the most intimate. Think about it, you're putting something inside your body that's going to end up everywhere else inside your body. When you eat something, you remember how it tastes. You have a vast memory of tastes, and those tastes remind you of memories. You ever hear the phrase, just like grandma used to make? That's because if you grew up on grandma's cooking, you have that, for lack of a better term, flavor connection. It's why some people cry when they have certain foods. It reminds them of home, or a loved one, or a precious memory. It's like that scene in Ratatouille when Ego has that dish Remy makes. It's not that it's made perfectly. It's made lovingly. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching and we'll see you guys next time.